This episode is a review of the original Transformers, Season 1, Episode 3. You can watch the episode before our podcast to understand most of what we are describing, but it is not necessary to enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to episode three of the soon-to-be-titled Transformers podcast. We gotta get that done with. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to take a stab at the description of this episode? I actually remember this one a lot for some reason compared right. to the right, second now. episode. Hi, everybody. I am Thomas Berger. Uh, and oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> I guess this episode... Oh, I can't forget the first part, obviously. The first part starts off with... Optimus continuing to roll down a hill or having finished just roll down a hill after friends got blown up in the cave but clearly that doesn't matter because we're worried about Roller and whether or not Optimus can transform get over his transformer dysfunction (laughs) I can do it Uh, it's like it was like the whole whole minute of him trying to just transform. Yeah, so yeah, and then right after that their whole grand plan goes up in smoke the only thing that happens is Optimus, Bumblebee, and Sparkplug get hurt. The Decepticons just blow the, a hole in the roof and escape <laughs> with all the energon. Just is like, yeah, this is waste a big waste of time. You guys are losers. Yeah. And they gotta make a plan to try to catch the Decepticons. But then Megatron realizes he's being set up. Then he's able to go and deceive them so he can steal the rest of the energy without the Autobots interfering. They make the spaceship and try to go home. And of course, the Autobots, in a last-ditch effort, are able to stop the Decepticons from going home to conquer Cybertron. Though what are they conquering, really? It's only like a planet with Shockwave on it, right? Well, At this point... Optimus is, has hinted that it, it won't just stop there. Once they have enough, if they have enough energon, they'll conquer the universe. That makes a lot of sense. For those of us who might not have been listening for a while, we've got something special for you. Now we're going to hear how Optimus Prime himself tells us the story of these episodes. He's always got to show us up. Like, like we're not capable of telling, telling the story right. That was pretty good. Come on, <laughs> give us a break. Prime, since my teacher knows you're my friend, she said I could give you a sneak preview of our special project. Finally. But first, the end of the story. But I told you how the Autobots crash-landed on Earth. And how the computers revived the Autobots and the Decepticons. We shall return home the power to build the ultimate weapon. You know, they never actually described that ultimate weapon. And how we met the human Spike. What other tricks can you do? Try this one, Spike. Now you see me. Now you don't. Incredible. Yeah, but you also left me hanging. Now. Bumblebee and Spike went into the cave to plant an explosive and bury the Decepticons. They were captured before they could get out, and the bomb exploded. And you were sent crashing down the side of the mountain. Prime! So you gotta finish the story first. Then you promised to show me the project? I promise. Well, it was that fall that really rattled my transmission. But luckily, the other Autobots were around to help me out. And now I'll stop narrating for the rest of the episode. <laughs> like, how interesting, more interesting would this be 
to actually hear parts of this episode sprinkled out with Optimus's narration. Him just saying, oh, yes, and then in that part we did this, or da-da-da. Like, at least make it a little bit different than just have it be a clip show all the time. Instead, make it Optimus reflecting on what's going to happen. Uh, Like, it's just acting like he's going to tell the story and then not telling the story. Yeah, and then not telling the story because <laughs> it transitions into the episode. Yeah. Crime. How's great to tell me you took when that bomb went off? It's nothing compared to the tumble I take later when I pursue Megatron into outer space. Fine. A little advice. Next time, take a spaceship. What would I do without you, Tommy? As Optimus hides his murderous rage. I don't know, but you're gonna have to try. I really gotta get back to Autobot City. Can you give me a ride? Sure. If you just tell me what this project is all about. Prime, next time I promise to tell you everything when I transform your day into an adventure. Are you excited? Do you want to see what Tommy's school project was these last three episodes? Is it? I mean, it looked like a sculpture almost. Like it's just, it's kind of weird. Actually, your prediction there might be accurate. Are you ready for it? A sculpture of what though? That's that's gonna be the thing. All right, the story's finished. So now, can we look? He really <laughs> wants to know. I know. Sure. Tommy. I don't know what to say. <sighs> he made a bust of Optimus Prime for his school project with his soldering skills. Even my own programmer couldn't tell the difference, but what's it for? We're going to present it to all of you Autobots. Celebrate the anniversary of you guys coming to Earth. And what better way to celebrate than with a statue of the greatest Autobot of all? Optimus Prime! Now in stores! Buy him now! sell that bus. See, when this came out, Power Optimus Prime was out, and I think it was just, he had a human or alien Nebulon that transformed into his transistor that you put him in his stomach, and it was supposed to grant him more power. Okay, yeah, I've never really heard of that. That's not something I'm familiar with. Yeah, it's uh, it plays a bigger point in the Japanese uh, Super God Master Force show, where the humans actually become the transistors oh, of the course. robots. They, they gotta animate it all up, gotta give them all these extra powers and stuff. Good old-fashioned robot fist, that's all that we need. So, for Generation 2, was there any differences? Well, here's another weird thing. There is a second version of this episode for Generation 2, so technically there's four versions of this episode total. Apparently for one of the toys, they put this episode in it, re-edited in one of the toys, but didn't make it really well. And apparently a lot of the sound effects and audio tracks don't match what's going on with the screen. Really? So I find that pretty interesting. I'd like to try to track down that and add it to my massive giga, giga suplex of Transformers <laughs> episodes that I have. Let's head on to the next segment about what we liked and didn't like about this Transformers episode. Me, Grimlock, no like you! I think the first thing I like was that we got another rematch between Hound and Rumble. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. He's like, oh, so here's the thing that I thought was interesting. It's not an animation error, but Hound fights him and he says, I owe you for that damn. <laughs> and then uh, and then while he's saying that, water bubbles are coming up in mm -hmm. front of him. At first, I think they're just reusing a scene. Yeah. But instead, they're actually putting that over the new scene. And so it's actually an artistic choice. Why? I just, this is weird. 
weird. It's to make these kids remember what happened in a visual way instead of just talking. You know, show, don't just tell. Okay, yeah. I didn't even catch that, so. Oh my god. This was the greatest line. So, just listen to Optimus Prime here because he has a complete bipolar meltdown. And it's just... Sideswipe. Give me your rocket pack. My rocket pack? Now! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. I I definitely noticed that and remember that. That's like but that, he's like fed up with their crap. I have to do everything. Don't question me. It's like I've already been commanding you forever. Don't you know that when you I You guys speak, are useless. If I got all my ideas, they work. Don't question me. What have you done? Are you going to save the day? No. I've been doing it. No, there was something else that was also hilarious is because he also acts out of character when he falls back to Earth. Listen to Optimus and how he just refuses help from anyone. Don't move, Prime! We'll take care of you! I'm fine. I'm alright. Let Ratchet check you out. I said I'm fine! <laughs> he is pissed off. He makes a backhand like he's getting ready to like to slap, to smack the guy that just asked him for help. It's like, wow. And Optimus will never act like this ever again. He was just having a really bad day because he thought the Decepticons had finally won. It was like, nothing else matters. It's over. They're out of here. We're stuck on this backward planet. I don't need to control my emotions anymore. With these humans that don't trust us, attack us on sight. <laughs> Uh, that's not that was de definitely of, of you know of what I know of Optimus and other series to come and see this happen I was like whoa okay and because it's just so sudden because the first few episodes he's not acting like that at all and then all of a sudden just he is just this is not the right day for him but it's not the only thing uh, Megatron also acts out of character because when the ship is about to crash he's actually legitimately scared he's going to die and he screams and he's like is he really scared and I was like that never happens to Megatron being like showing any kind of weakness like that also i thought it was funny when spike says now can i go to cybertron optimus is like ask your father optimus prime knows what minor rights are <laughs> he's not going to be responsible sign this form have your dad sign this permission slip <laughs> it was like now you can go to cybertron where you can't breathe prepare to live <laughs> some other quick things that i thought were pretty funny hound teasing ravage after they captured him had him in the cage mm -hmm. and he's just dangling the keys in front of ravage and then he makes the mega Megatron hologram and puts him up in next to the cage. <laughs> He's like, and they're just talking in front of Ravage about how like Megatron doesn't care about you. Look at this. He didn't even come back to try to get you. you and then another quick scene was just just seeing the uh, Autobots and lab coats as part of the the, the, uh, the deception that they tried to pull on the Decepticons. Uh, that was pretty funny too. That, that These just... giant robots and giant lab coats. Like, who's that gonna fool? Yeah, it's like, like that, that goes back to the stupid moments. How How is that gonna work? Like, he's looking for human-sized humans, not Transformers. Yeah, I mean, they're not wearing anything on their head. They're just robots with lab coats. They are, they are the guys. They're not hiding their face in any way. <laughs> just look at them. It's like, why are you wearing a lab coat? That's the question. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention uh, about this episode that I don't like is the forgettable characters of the Transformers series. So when I'm watching this episode, there are three characters I legitimately do not remember from my youth because they do not stand out in any way whatsoever. So, and those Transformers are Blue Streak and Wind Charger. 
And there was also Sunstreaker, but I at least remember what he looked like, even though I never remembered his name. Oh, really? Okay. So Blue Streak, I feel oh, like that's... There's also a fourth one. It's the it's that black Transformer with the stuff mounted on his arms, on his shoulders. Uh, That looks... Oh, God, now I don't remember his name. Yeah. See, that's how... That's why... That's, you see, I can't remember them <laughs> yeah, because they're very unforgettable. It, I don't remember it. Uh, I, I thought I looked it up before this, too, and I already forgot by the time we did the podcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, that is wow that's just how forgettable they are so blue streak i don't know if he doesn't have any dialogue really most of the time but i don't remember him as a kid watching this whole show i remember people i that's a name i remember i don't remember Sunstreaker. i don't remember and the wind other charger guy. wind charger i've never heard that name before and then there's also the black transformer that i can't remember i thought they write him down uh it wasn't was it hound no not hound um so yeah i'll just i'll just have to try to remember this before like that's that's how forgettable they are but yeah they never these four characters i don't think have any impact on uh, on the show whatsoever they're just completely forgettable i don't know about you but when you watched beast wars was there any character that just never stood out when you were watching that one um i don't think so the the beast wars cast was kind of like it was just a small selection of transformers on both sides with the decepticons and the autobots yeah there wasn't really like you couldn't even tigertron didn't show up in every episode uh but he was still one that you you thought about i guess if there was one transformer from beast wars that i would say was like underutilized well not underutilized but was just there just you don't root for him you don't root for against him scorponok he just was yeah he was just there i mean he's supposed to be basically like second in command most loyal to megatron but they kill him off replace him with uh inferno who basically filled the same role just like crazy loyal to megatron and is yeah, this the guy who got killed in the volcano scorponok yeah mm, he dies in the lava okay because i remember i was watching season two and i was like what happened to that guy and i had to look online to remember that he actually died yeah he because, died in like, the lava and i don't even remember much of their powers for those forgettable the forgettable transformers that i was mentioning i remember well clearly one of the powers is blue streak can fly <laughs> well no that's this is the pilot remember so we actually haven't seen his abilities i do remember wind charger can produce i think he produces wind gusts or something because he shows up in the children's book i had but yeah so let's go on to star screams blunders don't tell me what to do i'm not like the others i do what i want what I want! What did Starscream do to help the Autobots this episode? Well, in the middle of the episode, he tried to overthrow Megatron by shooting him in the back, and Megatron just deflects it. We she tried to shoot him in the back, maybe Megatron just turned at the last moment. Well, no, like they were having a conversation and Megatron just dis disrespected him by just turning away and walking <laughs> when they were still talking. And so here's He the shot thing. him in the back, so what? <laughs> so this is the first time Starscream learns from him's mistakes. Instead, this time he tries to overthrow him by shooting him in the front. <laughs> So, what I find hilarious is Starscream is taking up so much of Megatron's time that he prevents them from being alerted to Mirage, so Mirage has times to blow up everything and stop them from returning to Cybertron. So Starscream, once again, helped everybody out. But I real give him credit, though. Instead he, of Megatron, he, he, he took he out- He shot the intruder. Yes! Yeah. He- <laughs> He got his priority straight because he always has his priority straight. And then straight. what did Megatron do? Megatron, yeah, exactly. He didn't care. Didn't give him any credit. Didn't acknowledge it at all. He just immediately shoots him when Starscream wasn't looking. So you can't be putting down Starscream for shooting people when they're not looking. But Megatron's doing the same thing. I also wonder, like, why didn't Megatron be like, man, that Autobot's gonna just screw up our plan. Why don't I shoot him? Exactly. I was like, was like he's just so like, angry. No, he needs to die. He's just so angry at Starscream. 
cream that he's just like, I'm going to shoot him. So for some more stupid moments, Hound drops the key to Ravage's cage, right? And then at the end, when they tell Optimus he's escaped, Optimus goes, good. But then Hound has this look of, what? On his face, along with everybody else. I was like, you were part of the plan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was like the animators not, I guess, realizing what was going on. One other stupid moment that I noticed was just like, why do you guys have to continue to not recognize Starscream's greatness and just choose to emasculate him? There was one scene towards the end. Spike throws a rock at Starscream. Starscream is getting ready to take a shot at an Autobot, but Spike throws a rock out of nowhere and knocks the gun out of Starscream's hand. How a human can throw a rock with enough velocity to make a giant robot lose his grip on his gun is beyond me, but to make things worse, the gun falls to the ground and an Autobot rolls over it and crushes his gun. And, and and he's I remember he's just like who did that? Yeah, he said find him. he screamed, "Hey, who did that?" <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, why do you have to make him such a joke? This is not the way he was supposed to be." It's like the writers having some fun with him. Yeah. That's that like was, that's all that was. It was that completely was. unnecessary. Now, I can it, see if his gun was about to blow like Optimus's head off. Yeah. But I just thought that was yeah, funny. Just too. in the middle of nothing. Well, like... he also has this whole conversation with Rumble. He's like, just wait, I'm gonna rule when loyal of all Decepticons Soundwave is right next to him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's when you should start admitting your plans again. The one thing I thought was hilarious too is uh Optimus can't take the explosion from the mine, but he can take a drop from space to the earth, and he's just like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. And then, like, Roller was at the heart of the explosion, and it's just f- magically fine. As well, this will become apparent, Galvatron's at the center of a planet exploding. He comes out fine then later, too. But what ends up taking him out? Falling in the Arctic. Yeah, they are just... I guess they got that technology down. They can just survive explosions, but not concentrated laser blasts or something. So, I want to talk about two dialogue options that were just weird. When you hear them coming out of Transformers' mouth, they don't make any context because they're human sane. So, Mirage was like, can you make a four-car garage? When asking Hound about his his holograms. And I'm like, are you, do you want to enslave other Autobots and put them in your garage? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Is that your, like, secret id coming yeah, to the forefront? Yeah, I didn't even front? think about that. And another time, Optimus is like, you're in the driver's seat now, Megatron. How does that even make sense? You guys drive yourselves. Yeah. It was also kind of weird, a, sm- a small minor thing, how they already have, they know all about the belts, the the seat belts and stuff, and telling the humans, like, buckle up and all that stuff. They care about motor vehicle laws. Like, a cop's <laughs> gonna come out there and give them a ticket because uh, a passenger's in the car without us his seat belt. Well, you know what that is? Because this is a cartoon for kids, yeah. and we can't show people not driving without seat belts. Can't be reckless. <laughs> So let's transition into... Hey, boys! We're gonna be movie stars! I think, according to this third episode, that Mirage is the main character of this episode. You see in a deleted scene in episode one, where he's talking about how he reminisces, he questions uh, in episode two Optimus, because he's like, let's just go home. He's like, we can just leave these people here. And Optimus is like, no, we gotta stop them. And in this episode, everyone's just like, where's Mirage? And it's because he's on the ship, even though he could use that ship to go home, or he could even side with the Decepticons and go home. He just decides to blow it up and do the right thing and stop the Decepticons from returning to Cybertron. So that was his character arc throughout the three episodes. Yep, it definitely does come to an end. It's definitely like more than any other trans 
Autobot has done besides Optimus. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that that was like a definitely a pivotal moment that they've been building up to. I still hesitate to call it the main character because yeah, he was he still isn't around that much. There really isn't a main character besides well, like Starscream, Optimus. And well, that g- cuts into the there's a character scene from Mirage also cut out from the deleted scenes. So there's some deleted scenes where Starscream tries to blast Megatron for the first time, and there's just more dialogue of him begging for his life. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not going to subdue you to that again. Well, I don't think they cut enough, really. Maybe they should have cut out that whole scene if it was going to go down that way. And there, there's also dialogue of Megatron saying, slow the cruiser down. I want to Optimus to think he's catching up to us. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and then uh, it's just funny because there's a line right after he says, now, immediately, and he takes the jetpack. Jazz just says something to him, and Prime just suddenly switches to calm mode again and says, I'll be back, and flies <laughs> off. And I was like, geez, just twist your personality around at the drop of a hat. So there are three uh, dialogue scenes from the deleted that I think are actually worth listening to, and let's listen to them. Where's Mirage? That's strange. I saw him before, during the fight. He's gone now. Poor Mirage. More than any of us, he hated the fighting. Maybe it was too much for him. I, I like, mean, oh, maybe it was too much for him. What does he mean by that? I like, think he means is like, he not sure that he was on the plane? Did he think that he just was in the middle of the battle and just decided to take his own life? <laughs> I think, or he abandoned them? He just deserted the fight and went off, and he's just wandering the planet, and Optimus doesn't care. That's what I thought happened. Is because he, Optimus was probably like, oh well, he saw that they could go home. He's always wanted to go home and hates war. He probably just like, I'm done with life. Oh, he, he thought he and was just a traitor. No, not a traitor. A <laughs> Deserter. A, a deserter with the yeah, it, it, it stowed away on. Well, no, I don't think he thought show. he stowed away. I thought he just left because he couldn't take it anymore. But anyway, let's see how this continues into the ship. I've waited for this moment a long time, Megatron, and my time is now. It's nobody's time. You'll never return to Cybertron. No. It's like, he actually had a line of dialogue. Instead, he just shows up, shoots the computer. I was like, I kind of feel like, even though it's one line of dialogue, he should have at least said something. It's like, why even cut that part out? It's like you're trying to show the character B, the badass that saves the world here at the end, Mm -hmm. and instead he just shows up, blasts it, and gets tossed out of the window. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of think it was kind of effective the way it was, where, like, clearly he's the guy who saves the day after expressing how much he doesn't want this fight to go on. He was just wants to be done with this. Yeah. And so, but there is one deleted scene that I must play again that is just the last time we'll ever get to hear something like this said. Autobots to the air! <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Were they trying to... Was that... <laughs> They didn't figure out their catchphrase. They this is what they were going to be using the whole time. <laughs> like, like that was actually cut. He didn't say that in an episode. Oh, just, he, he didn't was, say. But he didn't say that in a previous episode. He said it in episode two yeah. as a battle cry, but he didn't say nah, it. They, no, one. that sounded like they were trying to make it a thing. They cut that because it was probably poorly received in the first episode. That is a terrible catchphrase. Autobots to the air. You can't fly. <laughs> Come on. Not yet. That leads us to retcons this episode. So, no story changes yet, but there are some fun animation errors like, you know, Soundwave wearing the Autobot symbol. Um, a Transformer can be on Optimus's side at the same time he's giving him orders in front of him. 
<laughs> and and Laserbeak can be the same size of a regular Transformer and fight yeah, them. Yeah, I noticed that. That seemed weird. I was like, I thought you were small, but maybe it's just a bad perspective. Since maybe yeah, I gave I was giving the show too much credit. Oh, just, just wait till they get to season three when Soundwave is the same size as Devastator. Oh my god! <laughs> Fun facts about this episode. Dark, excessive, time did you know that Ravage actually speaks and has a line of dialogue? In this episode? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. When Ravage is in the tape deck from being released, mm-hmm. it's not a recording of Hound's voice. It's Ravage's own voice talking about what they're doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's, I didn't notice that, that it was a different voice. It wasn't Hound's voice. It was just another voice. I was like, oh, I guess this must be what he sounds like when he's being played back. He's supposed to actually speak, according mm-hmm. to the, the Bible of the figures. Because in the comic book, he actually did speak, and so did Laserbeak. The other thing that was funny is Optimus is like, give me your rocket pack. That almost makes you think that it's Sideswipe's thing, like he has the rocket pack. <laughs> but if you look at the arc, there's a whole wall of jet packs. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I saw them earlier. Why don't you just give them all to everybody and, like, they're gonna be chasing after a spaceship. But then again, they already know how to fly, right? So, why do they need the jetpack in the first place? We got two more sources for Megatron's power source. Okay. He went for rocket fuel, which was actually the fake out, then just went to a military base and converted more oil into Energon, which he'd already done before. Yep. So what'd well, you think? I can't imagine there's going to be too much variety with that. I mean, what more can they do besides oil and... <laughs> Some kind of fossil fuel stuff or electricity. So is, is he going to go green? Going to still like some high-tech solar panels that they were trying to build in the 80s? Actually, <laughs> Some I, batteries? The I early, th- the first electric car? <laughs> I think that actually happens when the Autobot scientist tries to work with the Decepticon scientist. <laughs> they make like a solar, solar They make a solar absorber. <laughs> and, uh, wow. But yeah, so what did you think of these initial three episodes here? Yeah, I don't think I mentioned it, but watching this for the first time, I guess I mentioned before before where like it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of filler going on there's just stuff is happening there's a lot of plot going on and the Uh, filler that's there is fun like when they're making the hologram of megatron right next to ravage yeah that kind of thing yeah it's it's and it's quick it's not a lot Mm -hmm. the 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 little filler that is there is just like yeah it's pretty quick in it but it's all pretty entertaining as well so you're not really getting you're not bothered by it but yeah it really just seems like they're telling like a pretty good plot there's not like a whole lot of you know wondering like why are they messing around with this stuff stupid plan kind of things it's just like yeah, yeah, I really did think it was all pretty good. I wasn't getting bored at all. Yeah, and I didn't really think, sometimes when I watch some older cartoons, even though the animation quality has some errors and things like that, like at one point, Spacecraft and the animation error when all the like the uh, the, the flying Decepticons just turn around and follow him mm-hmm. doesn't match with Megatron walking, and all of a sudden there's like four of them walking somewhat a different direction. It's really hard to describe this error, but it just did, did not look right. Yeah. But what my main point is, but when it comes to the plots, though, I'm just watching it and enjoying them, and I'm not questioning it. If you watch some older cartoons, you're like, that would never work. But in this one, this is just a fantasy cartoon where they're like, eh, this converts to Energon, we got it. Well, yeah, but even still, it's not a whole lot of that stuff where it's like, this doesn't make sense. Why would you do this? This is a ridiculous idea. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it still seems kind of grounded. I mean, it, it's not like a grand scheme. It's just simply, this well, what, is an energy source. We can steal this and convert this well, what, to Energon. What grounds the series for you? Is it the human characters? <laughs> <laughs> what grounds the series for me is Rumble and Hound going at it for a third time. <laughs> so what? So basically, watching these first three episodes, what Autobots and what Decepticons stand out for you in the series? Just looking at the first three episodes. Uh, on the Autobot side, Optimus 
and Hound because they they Hound's usually the guy. He's doing a lot of stuff. I'm surprised because I I don't, I don't recall like people talking about Hound. I yeah, guess because he never really shows event, up in other stuff. What happens is they start teaming up Bumblebee with Spike all the time, and in these three episodes, he actually travels with Hound mm-hmm. all three episodes. The, the two episodes yeah, he's in. Yeah, yeah. They eventually switch that to Bumblebee, so Hound doesn't get as much interaction with him as they used to. Yeah, he probably get and the interaction he does get is probably less meaningful as well because they yeah, they use him uh, Hound a lot for stuff like. He's watching Ravage. He's he's going to go spy on the Autobots after and they can, wake up. And he can make holograms. And he can make holograms. So like yeah. that combined with like Mirage, you think would be a perfect two-parter. But remember when they originally filmed these episodes, after the pilot, less Transformers show up because in order to save money, they try to get only the Transformers written in an episode who the voice actor already voices three of them so they won't have to pay other actors. So that's why only certain Transformers will show up from time to time in future episodes like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, on the Decepticon side, Megatron obviously, Starscream definitely, Soundwave because he's yeah. kind of like the hound of the Decepticons <laughs> where like he's being used for everything. He's yeah he's the guy yeah. to go to so Mirage? i'm surprised that like um i don't know if it's what's it thundercracker what's the name of the other flyer that thundercracker and skywarp skywarp yeah mm-hmm. i'm surprised i'm not sure one of the two of those two are definitely being used a lot more than i would have expected i thought they they both were just well not exactly mindless just drones of starscream that would just that, that just does what he says they seem to have their own personality they conversate on their own with megatron they take orders from megatron yeah. themselves yeah well, and you have to re- they actually show up in almost every episode too along with the main cast so i know they show up pretty frequently yeah the, the septicons they seem like they get a lot of use a, a much more even use than what the, the autobots get the autobots yeah because yeah, the thing is they they have so many to, to distribute against that sometimes like in episode two all of a sudden two autobots you've never seen before are trapped in the water and you're like who are they yeah exactly yeah i didn't know who those were that were under well uh, apparently yeah. there's a cut scene from the script in the first episode where they're introduced so they can be in peril in the second episode but in this time they're just already in peril and you're like oh new transformers that i didn't know about but yeah, for the most part, it's just interesting that they're all... Like, the things that stood out from this episode, I would think, uh, like, Mirage, because he's also showing his powers, mm. he got a lot of play in these episodes, too, aside from Hound and, well, of course, Spikes and Sparkplug and... I'm trying to think of any other... Any Autobots. Ironhide has some dialogue, but he just doesn't do anything memorable. Yeah, Will Jack has dialogue. He doesn't really do a whole yeah, lot. Will Ratchet, Jack... I think, is called upon. Yeah, but they don't really do a whole lot. I mean, yeah, one, just... I think one Ratchet or Will Jack was it that were doing the Autobot roll call. Well, it's interesting because Will Jack and Ratchet will be more prominent in the series as it goes on. I know they're they stand out a lot more. Yeah, those two are definitely names I hear often as far yeah. as like you know, and also most all things Transformers. And also Will Jack's Iron voice Hyde was different. Well. Like Will Jack's voice was different in the first three episodes from what it would become because when he first talks in the first episode, I guess he. He was trying to establish the voice because when i first heard him i was like that sounds a little different than what i was used to his voice sounding like but uh so you ready for the character segment so this character we got mirage his saying on the back the quote-unquote main character of episode three <laughs> the first person to get a main character he actually has a character, character arc, arc which is something we will only see from time to time well starscream had a character arc of sorts where he's like your time's coming megatron it's almost over i'm gonna take over and four next times episode, i'm gonna take over the fourth time the third fourth time he finally does it and he changes from ambitious second in command to sniveling toad who, who's begging for life that's an arc right 
right? <laughs> it's inverse, but it's an arc. <laughs> and he and he st- shot at Mirage because his heart was in the right place, right? Yep. Okay, so Mirage's saying is, who and what I am, I hide from the enemy. His description is, Mirage is not thrilled about being an Autobot freedom fighter. He prefers hunting turbo foxes on Cybertron with his high-priced friends. Effective fighter, more effective intelligence gatherer. He has an electric disruptor that can cast illusions, altering his physical placement and appearance for up to six minutes. Expert marksman with armor-piercing rocket dart hunting rifle. Rocket dart? Unsure of the Autobot cause, can't be fully trusted. Uh, What? (laughs) They're not? Wow. (laughs) So... That actually will come into play in a future episode, but I'll talk about it then when it occurs. Yeah, okay. Because I, I think I have a feeling of what you're hinting at a little in bit. In which he'll become a main character again. I'm sure. Because yeah. he might be the only one with two char- main character <laughs> entries on this list. A quick information about his toy is his toy was made to be put in Optimus Prime's trailer with a little hatch that you could shoot him out of the trailer, which I find hilarious. Him and one other figure could do that. Roller. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mirage is actually a Formula One race car model that actually existed in the real world. Oh, so that's what it's for. I, I do recall, you know, like like an actual, like, top-of-the-line, like, race car rolling around with the Autobots. I wasn't sure who that was. But it actually has references to stuff in the real world. I looked these up here, and the it, it says Liger on the back of his, on his car, which is a real racing company. Um, second is Kleins, which is a parody of a French cigarette company, because, you know, kids need to know stuff like that. <laughs> And then there's a dancing gypsy on Mirage down here near his body, which is a reference to a similar logo for uh, an auto company. And then Elf on him is a reference to an oil company. Okay. So he's got like four references on his body. But the uh, the weirdest thing about Mirage is he's the only Transformer of the original Generation 1 toy line that never got re-released because his original mold was damaged or lost. Oh, wow. I guess when you try to look, go into Toys R Us in the 2000s when they started re-releasing Soundwave and Optimus on how they originally looked Mm -hmm. you couldn't find him because they didn't exist anymore instead they used a gobot mold and called it mirage (laughs) when generation 2 came out and apparently they incorporate stuff like this into continuity by saying that this gobot was a clone of mirage even though he looked nothing like mirage and then that affected a future cartoon where that guy showed up looking exactly like that that's really weird and i'm just like wow and it's just like yeah anytime a toy comes out they try to make it part of the continuity even despite all the real world occurrences that go on behind the scenes after the movie what happened to mirage wait i still function well He got killed by Megatron in a deleted scene. (laughs) So much for a main character getting killed off screen. (laughs) Yeah, they were actually storyboards that show him getting destroyed. But this can't be used as proof of canon again. But we can just assume he died based on him not showing up again. However, he does show up in the Japanese Headmasters cartoon in one episode without any dialogue. But you can just rack this up to animation error. And you shouldn't really count stuff like that as continuity but yeah and he also appears in the japanese manga but since those take place pre-movie those don't count all right what are your final thoughts on that trilogy that's good huh definitely thought that was a good start a good introduction to the series there definitely were any moments moments that were like dragging it was all pretty entertaining yeah good balance of like comedy like good action well i think my wife came out when optimus prime was getting angry at his his fellow friends and she's just like whoa what is going on here like this i didn't know that this was what transformers is about she just keeps walking and just shakes her head (laughs) but yeah i thought it was pretty good i would hope that the next episodes would be of this quality but i've seen other shows i'm just gonna go ahead and assume and prepare myself for the dipping quality like most american cartoons at the time 
did. Well, there's 17 season one episodes, and then they mass produced like I think 50 episodes of season two or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go check, but they've mass produced a lot for season two. And um, yeah, I'm just getting ready for the onslaught of introduction after introduction for all these new new characters. Well, you don't have to worry about that. Season one is only the same 16, 18 characters. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Right. No new one. Uh, actually, no one new guy will show up, um, which we'll talk about later. But for the most part, other than that, it's like Shockwave returning, who yeah. was already introduced. So technically, right. he's not yeah. introduced in a future episode. And I guess I'll also assume that there's probably going to be more humans introduced. There'll probably be more, I guess, I would guess, maybe there'll be more Dear Diary scenes from Spike. <laughs> Do you remember? Well, so we've watched the parody episodes. he's going to be the president. <laughs> Did you watch the episode where... Nobody's really damaged as long as they've got courage. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's okay. funny. Yeah. Well, then, then you're in for a surprise for some future human characters. <laughs> but no, um, there's one last thing about Mirage. I do remember him really specifically from the series, mainly because of the these these episodes. And I remember he shows up from time to time in some of the episodes, just not doing too much. And just his power stands out, being able to turn invisible or, you know, fight somebody in the back. Right. I always thought that was kind of cool when I was a kid. But, uh... But yeah, I liked watching these first three again and also just checking out Power Optimus Prime's version of events. <laughs> so this is the third episode. And for the next episode, we've got something different for you. We're going to take a look at the Japanese version of these first three episodes and just tell you what we thought about based on the voices and how they do everything there together. We'll also take a look at the first chapter of the Japanese manga, as well as the differences between the American and the Japanese opening and ending theme songs. I'll be looking forward to that. And this is Sean. And Thomas. Signing off for today. See ya. Thanks for YouTube user Transformers at the Moon for hosting every deleted audio segment from every episode of the Transformers. Thanks to tfwiki.net for information used in our character spotlight feature. Thanks to tfraw.blogspot.com for the Season 5 and Generation 2 episodes.